Well, after a little breather because of Middle East unrest, the stock market took off again last week, breaking through new barriers and hitting new highs. Should you be worried? We'll ask thought leader and CFP Eric Roberts from the Beyond Finances podcast that question and more on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to Money with Friends, coming to you from outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. I'm Eric Roberts, coming to you live from just outside of Boston right now. And this is the show where we open the news and dive in with financial thought leaders from all walks of life like Eric. Today, we're going to dive into a piece from Barron's. We'll not only read a little bit of it to you like some podcasts, but we'll also focus on why this is important to you and your wallet. Big thanks to Round for supporting Money with Friends. Round's a digital consultant that gets members direct access to premium investments. With Round, your money's actively invested with Wall Street's top fund managers. Open a round account today to access Forbes' number one rated app for high-end investment management. Head to investround.com forward slash MWF for more. That's investround.com forward slash MWF. We'll talk a little bit more about them later in the show, but let's get into this. Eric, glad to have you back, man. Yeah, glad to be here. I mean, I really feel like I'm in your basement right now, <laughs> chatting away. <laughs> it is so fun. We're hanging out on Facebook with some friends, and I have to, I have to, to, to start off with this. We'll get into this in just a second. I frankly was surprised after all the Middle East tension stuff came about. I thought this is finally the beginning of the end, and this might be over the last decade. Maybe, I don't know, the 43rd time I've had that feeling. And just like the other 42 times, Eric, the the stock market found a way to disappoint me and keep going up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, whether it's Brexit, China, Middle East, I mean, there's always something that's going to be in the news that's going to make the market a little bit more volatile than we're comfortable with. And we're going to blame it on that thing and forget about the rest of the things. And it's going to repeat over and over again. It's funny. And, and it's it's like history repeats itself. So uh, let's get into it here. Before we do, let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Bethany from the Money Millhouse. Friends, check. Money, check. Friends with money, let's do this. All right. Eric brought this one to the table. This comes to us from Barron's. is written by Nicole Jasinski, uh, Jasinski, I think is probably how you pronounce that. Uh, and it's Nicholas, sorry, Nicholas. So I got the sex wrong, got the name wrong. Let's do that again. Nicholas Jasinski wrote this. The stock market has climbed so far, so fast. Even some bulls are getting worried. And before I mess this up too much, Eric, you want to do the honors? Yeah, let's jump into it. So Nicholas says the stock market has come hot out of the gate in 2020, sending major indexes to all-time highs. After hefty gains in 2019, most Wall Street strategists predicted only modest gains this year. The quick rise to start the year is forcing them to reconsider. The S&P 500 index notched its latest record on Monday and could close at another one on Wednesday should its 0.3% morning rise hold. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and the NASDAQ Composites were both on this in place on pace for their own all-time high closes as well. Econom- economist Edward Yardini, president of Yardini Research, was the most bullish member of the Barron's 2020 Outlook panel last month with a year-end target of $3,500 or $3,500 wow. for the S&P 500. 
The index was trading at almost 3,300 on Wednesday morning, and that's making Yardini consider whether to stick with his target or to raise it. We would like to see the market's fundamentals catch up with its price earnings multiple, Yardini wrote to clients last Monday. So far, S&P 500 forward revenues remain on an upward trend and actually hit another record high during the half week. That's comforting for sure. We aren't getting the same warm, fuzzy feeling from S&P 500 forward earnings, which have stalled in recent weeks, though, at a record high. The S&P 500's uh, forward P.E. hit 18.5 on Tuesday, a cyclical high, according to Yardini Research's data. The multiple soared from a Christmas Eve 2018 low of 13.5 as the index has since climbed 40% despite sluggish 1.1% earnings growth in 2019. The rally has been fueled by investor sentiment rather than fundamentals, and that's also the case in 2020. A quick de-escalation of potentially explosive Middle East tensions, the coming signing of a phase one U.S.-China trade deal. Uh, That, by the way, happened uh, just uh, today or yesterday, by the way, as we record this. And optimism about improving U.S. economic growth have all kept investors feeling bullish. This is interesting, Eric. I want to go over some of the uh, jargon j- just to to kick this off in the piece. I I often like doing this because, guys, this isn't as hard as it seems. The uh, when we look at earnings growth, they talked about earnings growth in 2019, Eric, 1.1 percent. The index has climbed 40 percent during during that time from Christmas Eve 2018. What that shows is is that People are running way ahead of what companies are actually doing, which I think then what they're trying to say, Yardini and 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 the writer of this piece, that that might build in more risk in the S and P five hundred. Well, yeah, I mean, fundamentally, if you're looking at the stock market, you should be investing in things that will grow into the future, or at least their their earnings will grow. Their their revenues coming into their profits are going to get bigger over time which makes for a good company. So if you're buying into a stock and the stock is 10 times higher than the expected earnings, well, then there's a lot of gap in between and that gap is uncertainty. And that's where you're truly just speculating because now if you're buying in at $20, let's say, and earnings show you that it should be only at 15, you better hope that that company outperforms what's expected to be done for that company because only then are you going to keep your price at where it is. Never mind, grow it above that. So mm. that's where all the, the risk comes in. And 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 by the way, it also, I know a little bit about this, this also gets into what type of stock you're trading. Like some of the tech companies will trade on a way big multiple, meaning people are betting they're going to grow quickly, where like, let's say a, um, I don't know, utility company might normally trade at a much closer multiple to the vest. Right. Yeah, growth companies versus just the ones that, that are tried and true that are kind of like behemoths that aren't going anywhere. They're just stable dividend producing assets that people hold for the long term because they're safe. And that's a quoted safe, not real safe. Right, right, right. Good, good. And it's fun. That is, there's a big difference between those two as well. So we look at this guy, Edward Yardini, and other bulls looking at this data. Uh, uh, growth uh, up a little bit, but stock price up 40%. Do you find yourself worried like they are? No, I'm not. Um, Because if you look over the past 10 years and you identified how many years people were saying the same thing, 
as far as, well, it's grown faster than we thought. It's going to come down soon. You're going to see an entire bucket full of these quotes. And if you followed any of them, you wouldn't be in the market right now. And therefore, you wouldn't have experienced any of the uprising. So the, the real question is, when do you need your money? And based on that answer, I'm going to tell you to stay in the market or not, whether the market is at its highest or its lowest point right now. I think it's funny that that people um, people worry so much about the stock market being at an all-time high. I mean, if you look at what stock markets, Eric, are supposed to do, I think, I, I, I think they should be at an all-time high a lot of the time. Like I, like I'd be worried if they weren't at an all-time high, maybe 50, 60 percent of the time. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's actually a great chart somewhere. I don't have it in front of me right now, but it, it's showing basically at every all-time high of the market what happens in the next year. And the the average is it grows like 10% more. Oh. So it doesn't mean anything about it automatically being a, a crash next. And by the way, by the same token, I know you well enough, I think, to say this, that that you're also not saying that you expect this to continue for X amount of months. Like you're not predicting the stock market's going to continue to go up here. No, I don't. I don't tend. To, I don't pretend to know. Everybody that says what they know that know the stock market's going to do X, Y, or Z in the next six months to a year is speculating. If someone says, I know what it's going to do in 10 years, I'd be much more willing to listen than the someone that's saying in June that the market is going to be at this point. How do you explain that to a new investor? Huh. It is a tough one. I think it's a, it's a conversation back and forth because the more questions I can ask, the more I understand where they're coming from. And if it's a brand new investor that knows nothing about the stock market and they're usually fearful of riding this roller coaster and losing money because it's real money that they are taking from their own safe bank to put into the market, they need to be educated first. So it, it's all about understanding over the long term is what we're expecting markets to, to perform You know that time frame. 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. That's what I'm looking at for investors. If they're looking to grow their money more than a bank account and they only have three years to go, then we're not going to even attempt to step foot in the market. Did you find people get frustrated with that when, when they say, hey, I want to put this money in the stock market and I want it three years from now? Well, it's me saying that we're not going to put it in the stock yeah. market, you mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, not, not really, because I think it's, it's just a combination of what, when you need the money, what you need it for, and what are the options to get the money you need, right? Because if you could just not invest in the market and save a bunch of money under your mattress until three years from now and have you have the, the amount of money you need to buy the, the goal, then you don't need to invest. It might be more financially uh, astute to do so, but you don't need to invest the money. You can just save it. So I think we just have to help people understand Saving some, investing some together will give you the the money you need for that goal. I used to being a farm boy, and there's some people that are probably hanging out with us here on Facebook that are so tired of Joe talking about back growing up as a farm boy, Eric. <laughs> but the but 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 the the analogy that always comes to my head is like planting crops. Like there's a certain time frame for each crop. You know, if you pull corn out of the ground when it hasn't grown yet, it's it's you're not going to get any yield, right? You're not going to get what you want. So stocks have a longer growing season, you know, 10, 15, 20 years than like a savings account. But if I stick money in a savings account in the ground, for 
10, 15 years, not only is it not going to grow, it, it, it's, it, nothing's going to happen. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get any, anything out of that. So different, different, uh, investments have different growing seasons is, is kind of what comes into my head. Yeah. I mean, I, it's safety first, but then it's just the growth second. And we just want to make sure we balance both. And it's funny, uh, we're, we hang out live on Facebook with uh, some fun people and uh, Lisa's got a, uh, guys, a farm emoji up. Melissa talks about a, about a company in farming that I've talked about before. And Dylan making fun of me saying, good old farm boy raising blueberries in Bavaria, which are, <laughs> is a combination, Eric, of like 15 stories I've told over time. <laughs> Glad Dylan can make fun of me on every front at once. Nice job, guys. Um, uh, what's, well, in just a second, I'm going to ask the takeaway, but I also want to talk one more thing about this that I found, found interesting, which is a lot of the time we'll see these articles though. Like this guy is saying, Eric, that, uh, things have stalled. We've seen earnings stall. And I think when a lot of people read that, certainly when I read it, I think, okay, I shouldn't expect anything out of my investments then for the next few weeks. And it seems to be what he's saying. As a professional, how do you react to that when you hear that maybe things got overheated and the 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 stock market we may expect to stall for a while? Well, the one thing is that if stall means stay flat, then that's still probably a great thing because then we'll just go up later on. Uh, we don't need it to be going 100 miles an hour straight up because if those are the expectations, they're going to fail us every single time. Um, but it's it's also that we have to understand the whole idea of investing in the stock market and, is to take risk. And risk is not, you can't remove the risk from the market. So you can't say, I always want the money to go up. So we have to expect these downturns. So if someone's saying that uh, that we might be stalling, we just want to set our p- expectations appropriately, understand that the stocks might go down in the short term. And if they do, that is just normal. Whether it goes down 5, 10, 20%, that still could be normal if you look at the last 100 years. Uh, no one likes to see losses, but we, we know that the losses are going to come, and that's the risk we're taking when we enter the market. A follow-up on that, when you talk about losses, there's another uh, sentiment, of course, where people say, well, bring on some losses over the short term because then I can invest more. How often do you look at that? Like this idea, I was listening to a podcast the other day, somebody saying this often quoted phrase of dry powder, right? I want to have dry powder so that when the stock market goes down, I can put even more in. Do you espouse that type of approach? Well, that that leads to timing, I think. And and although that's fine to do with, with some money, I don't think the vast majority of your investment strategy should be relying on the dry powder. Because how do you know when to put the dry powder in? The market goes up a little bit. You're like, I'm not going to put it in now. But then it goes up 10%. You're like, ah, I should have put it in then. Then it goes down 5%. You're like, all right, I can put it in now. Then it goes down 10% more. And you're like, ah, I shouldn't have put it in then. <laughs> you never know when that dry powder should be put to use. Yeah. It, it, it always works that way too. And, and it's also funny to me, the, the, and, and not funny, haha, but an interesting psychological exercise. The difference um, when people try to play that game the the different way I notice people feel when they have money sitting on, quote, the sideline versus when they're invested. Like when you're invested, you feel one set of feelings. The second that you sell or the money sitting on the side, you start playing this mental game that you just went through. And I started laughing because that mental game drives you freaking nuts. It drives you 
crazy. Hindsight 2020, you can see everything that you did right and wrong all at once. It's, it's the most frustrating, bittersweet type of thing you can go through. You should just avoid it. In just a second, Eric and I will have our takeaways from this piece and the stock market climbing again. But while he's getting his thoughts together, I want to say just a few words here about our sponsor, Round. Uh, Round's a really interesting company. They're a digital investment consultant. And what they do is they get their members direct access to premium investments. And what that means is, you know, there's a lot of different investment apps out on the market. There's these robo-advisors on the market. So why would you use something like Round? It's the only one that puts your money to work with sophisticated investors that are actively investing in the most complex markets. So when you invest with a run-of-the-mill investment app, robo-app, your money's put in a passive portfolio, generic ETFs that you could easily find on your own. Maybe that's what you're looking for, but if you're not, the asset allocation there doesn't change. With Round, the asset allocation does change regardless of what's going on in the market. Your money's growth then is actually monitored. So when you invest with Round, a team of world-class fund managers adjust your asset allocation to weather market volatility. Your portfolio is curated specifically to your timeline, your goals, your risk tolerance. And the biggest thing that surprises me, Round even ways is that... it even waives their fee. Easy for me to say. If your returns end up negative in a given month, I've never seen that before. Uh, to learn more, head to Forbes number one rated app for high-end investment management, investround.com forward slash MWF. Use the MWF on the end so they know that we sent you investround.com forward slash MWF. Let's dive into this, Eric. What's, uh, what's your takeaway, man? I think that the takeaway here is Investing in the stock market is a long-term game, and that means that you shouldn't be reacting to short-term news. It's all fine and, and good to be able to listen to and understand why markets might be doing what they're doing in the short term to make you feel more comfortable and aware. But just like when you get on a train from Boston to New York, you're getting on the train for the destination New York. You can look out the window and see what's going on, and you can have someone tell you what you're looking at. But that's not going to change the fact that you're getting off in New York. And we have to feel the same way about our investments in the market. And therefore, if if it makes you feel good to listen to the news, great, but don't react to it. And if you stick your head in the sand, just make sure you had set up a proper plan first before doing so. I love that for so many reasons. I love, number one, the plan kind of dictates everything. The fact that you have these milestones that you're trying to meet and hitting that milestone far more important than the wind that's blowing outside, you know? Um, And I like the train analogy because you're on the train one way or the other to your goal. Do you want to get there the hard way or do you, you know, you want to be looking over the engineer's shoulder going, hey man, you got to slow down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> got to speed up. Like, probably not gonna not gonna get anywhere doing that. Um, my my takeaway was very similar, uh, and it's this: it's okay to feel the feelings. It it isn't okay to act on it. And it, and it's funny. There was a I'm a guy that has feared stuff my entire life. Heck, when we hit play a record on this podcast and we went live here with our Facebook friends, even though most of the people that are commenting, I've, I've talked to a lot of them in person. I still get nervous and I keep reminding myself of this mantra that Nike had before just do it. And it was feel the fear, but do it anyway. 
And I know that the stock market can be a fearful place, but Eric, to your point earlier, the stock market got you there over long periods of time. And by staying diversified and holding your own, when the market gyrates, whether it's up quickly or down quickly, it's okay to feel something, but acting on it, something completely different altogether. Yes. Control your emotions. Use use a third party, uh, whatever you need to do to get out of your own head and, and not make... Uh, emotional decisions because you feel a certain way. I wish I wish there were a responsible guy and his spouse in Boston who had a podcast about that. That would make this really <laughs> cool. Do you think there might be one? I've heard rumblings about something <laughs> like that coming up. It's called Beyond Finances. It's a fun podcast. Tell everybody what we get when we go there. Well, we get real life. We get real life talk. We get Kaylee and I, my wife and I, talking about how we use money in our own lives. We bring in the experience of a certified, a certified financial planner like myself, and um, you know, someone that really loves to save money. Who is Kaylee? And we say, how do we enter the world, and how do we engage in today, knowing that we have sixty, seventy years left to grow our money too. Like, How do we do both of those things at the same time? Here's how we do it personally. There's no one right answer, but here's how we see the world. Here's how we view things. Here's some perspective that you should take to heart so that you can make your own best decisions for you. I love that. And I feel like a fly on the wall every time you guys are talking because it's so intimate and real and uh, just a very frank discussion. And it's available wherever finer podcasts are distributed. All over. Eric, thanks for hanging out with us today. You'll be back again tomorrow. So on behalf, on behalf, I can't talk today. On behalf, <laughs> on behalf of Eric, I'm Joe. We'll see you again tomorrow back here at Money with Friends. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.